space, the final frontier. Space Station Ashland sits on the edge of Federation space with its companionship, the USS Dalamis Christian. The space around them is full of mystery and strange wonders, where secrets are kept and danger lurks around every corner. The crew of the Dalamis Christian must navigate treacherous waters as they work to protect the Federation. But as they peer into the unknown, they will discover that the line between friend and foe is not always clear. They will be tested like never before and will face challenges that will push them to their limits. Join us on this adventure as we explore the farthest reaches of space and uncover the hidden truths that lie within the shadows. Tabletop Journeys presents Star Trek Preservations. Star Trek Preservations. The episode is called The Labyrinth's Edge. And now in 2380, you have all been reassigned to the ship designation NCC-011978D. That is the USS Delamis Christian. One of the first thing that's happening after you guys arrive at the Starbase is that he has sponsored and has put together a conference from various scientists, both Starfleet and not, from all over this region of the galaxy, specifically on subspace technology. I was helping Dr. Braga set up his sensor equipment and there was an accident. And I'm convinced he died in the accident, but he's apparently shown up perfectly fine Commander, your communicator goes off. The ensign in the other room says, Sir, Bragoff and Purix are getting in an argument. It's getting heated. I'm not sure that I can contain the room by myself. What seems to be the problem? Bragoff will turn and look at you and say, Commander, we will have no issue as long as you and your people take this incident way more seriously than she is. Where I had ended the scene dramatically with the confrontation between Tobor and Bragov. Tobor, how does that scene resolve itself? Yeah, so he pokes me in the chest very aggressively. Tobor looks down at that and looks back up and then leans in very closely to him and whispers, If you don't stop making a scene, you'll tip them off. Come with me, and we'll discuss this further. And then he turns around and walks off back to the anteroom reception area with the security team and everyone, and does not look behind him, but the doctor does, like, ruffle him some harumps, and then follows along with the group back into the antechamber room. 
Okay. While the captain is doing this, I am keying in on the Tellarite's entourage, any of his assistants or whatnot, just to get a general sense of what their reactions is to their to the Tellarite's raise in his his raise in emotional states. Yeah. Any of them seem concerned, intrigued, eager. Sure. Yeah, so the scene that you came into was Bragoff and Purix were the one that were like going at it the loudest. Their entourages were also like, yeah, and you're, oh yeah, and your cousin too. And so they were like, it wasn't, they were very much like entourage against entourage. So when Tobor came over and whistled everyone to order, Bragoff obviously was still like, as the, like, the head of that little group was still very much kind of like on his edge. But the other Tellarides were all very much like, ooh, all of a sudden somebody has just shown mastery and command of this situation. We're backing down kind of thing. And, oh. and so they were kind of like, uh-oh, authorities in town, what do we do? And looking to Bragoff for a little bit of, of guidance. So when, Tober, when you lean in and tell Bragoff that, that you basically speak with him privately, they look to him like, do you want us to come with you? And he tells them in Tellarite to go back to their quarters. And so they leave the reception area. And Bragoff comes with you. I would like to have one of the local station security not necessarily escort them, but just have them make sure that they get back safely as yep. I'll put it. And so. Ensign Thompson will gladly gladly attend to that. And some other random security ensign kind of rotates in to go ahead and take his take his spot in the room itself. That's good. Just make sure that right. one of them doesn't duck off somewhere. <laughs> okay. Um so the six of you now are in the room here and Bragoff starts by Commander, I'm just really on edge right now. This is I'm something happened to my equipment it's very sensitive and my research is very important there are a lot of people that would like to get their hands on it and i just i think perhaps the last few days have been long and that that i apologize for the ruckus i will do what i can not to i, I will promise not to go ahead and create any any further disruption i, I apologize for the scene that i've already caused i appreciate that doctor we are engaging in an investigation because as you did point out your research is quite sensitive and there are many in, who are interested in it while this is a new station and power surges and power issues can occur we can never rule out sabotage or a nefarious means until we do a full investigation but one of the protocols in any such investigation is we do our best to not let any potential individual who is involved know that we are possibly onto them. As long as everyone thinks it was an accident, the saboteur may, if there is one, they may let their guard down. Are you implying somebody in that room? I mean, are you actually thinking that you don't think that Purix was behind this, do you? I doubt it, but someone else may and until we know for sure and for certain there is it wasn't sabotage we must suspect everyone and anyone fascinating najar speaks up from the side if i may captain it is more likely if it's one of them dr bragoff if it has anything to do with one of them it's part of their entourage as opposed to such a serious public figure there's always a 
that it, that can be true. And speaking of which, Doctor, how are you feeling after suffering such a traumatic experience? I know Tellerite physiology is quite tough, but from all accounts of the reports I read, you should still be in sickbay. Uh, perhaps the crew here is not as familiar with Tellerite physiology, and they see a pool of purple and all of a sudden think that clearly something is serious. I, the rumors of my untimely demise were incorrect. I'm fine. Your medical crew was exemplary in in working with, with the injuries that I'd sustained, but really, at the end of the day, it was really not more than a flesh wound. From the moment we got in through this point and the rest of the conversation, Najar will be focusing most of his empathic abilities on Dr. Bragoff and sure. trying to determine if there seems to be anything off about them, etc., etc. I think that this would be a perfectly reasonable time to go ahead and give me an insight medicine rule. Insight medicine or insight security? I'll do either one. I'll just throw it out there. Yeah, so that's interesting because right now the qu the question on the table right now was about his what is about him going to sickbay. So I would say medicine. If you want to wait okay. to ask the question, nope, I'll uh, throw in medicine. It's only a difference okay. of one. All right there you go. So that puts me. Uh, uh, that would be so. Is there by being empath? So having the empathic talent basically just lets you do this and read their server slots. Is there a set difficulty on it, or is it? It's very yeah. nebulous. So Big. if the target is aware, it's usually. At, Generally, difficulty one base. Yeah, yeah. I would say difficulty one. Unless it was, I can't think of a reason why it would be two. Yep. So, the my captain pointed out to me that I might be able to detect a difference in a changeling, and he's becoming more and more concerned based on the situation. So, just to ensure success, I'm gonna add a threat to buy another die, if that's okay. I absolutely am fine with that. And I would imagine that kind of looks like me being less than discreet about the fact that I'm studying him. Yep. <laughs> You're like up close and personal. Do you have the the black on black beta Z eyes? No. I look completely human. Human is the dominant appearance gene. And I rolled a 3, a 13, and a 9 all up against a 13. So 3 successes yes. still. Okay, cool. So then you got to momentum. Well done, Glenn. Nicely done. Nice. So leaning on our, lure, our rules expert as I attempt to look this up, I have one of my talents is empath. Yeah. It's just giving you the main ability to do. My second talent is one of my other talents is interrogation. And while I'm not specifically interrogating him physically, that provides a momentum to obtain more information on a success. Would that apply? Let's see. Hold on a second. If, I, if it was me making the call, a telepathic, empathic interrogation would be a more like invasive yeah. invasive and bordering on violating the Beta Z code of... And I can't do that anyway. I'm not strong enough. I can just get emotions. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. But you at least... So you keenly focus on him. And again, by raising the threat, he's very much aware that and has at this point sniffed out that you're probably at least empathic if not fully beta zed uh, and so he will he will turn to you and like in a i'm an open book like read me motion will basically acknowledge that clearly you are reading his surface thoughts as far as you can tell at this point and 
Actually, I don't know why storytellers always say that. You rolled massively successful on your roll. His surface emotions are in lockstep with your understanding of the incident and what he is saying at this point. You're not sensing any sort of deviance between what he's saying and how he feels about it. So Then after his gesture, which clearly I've been caught, I wasn't being subtle enough, I'll glance at the captain and nod as though to indicate that he's on the level. And this is also for the first time, like when he turns to acknowledge you, he's very much about, about, about Tobor at this point. And uh, Tobor, again, just to go ahead and double check. So when he turns to you, Najar, this is also the first time that he's really going to acknowledge Tanari as an Endorian, because Endorians and Tellarites don't always get along. As he kind of turns to you and says, read me like a book, go right ahead kind of thing, he'll, he'll see Tanari kind of over your shoulder and he'll sniff and be like, and he'll kind of turn back to Tobor and is like, is he behind this? Behind this interrogation? There, there are two of them in the room. Oh, that's sorry. I, I, fine then. He'll, uh, he'll, he'll turn his nose up at both of you and kind of like, you know, and he'll turn back to Tobor and say, are they behind this interrogation? No, your actions are. <laughs> My actions of getting killed on your space station? Almost. The scene in which you just did in the middle of a highly contentious diplomatic scenario. Fair. I, fair. I am assuring you, Doctor, like we share your concerns and we are going to rule out sabotage. Starfleet security has been mobilized and we are conducting a thorough investigation. So the best way you can help the investigation is to remain calm and pretend as though we all suspect that it was just a plain accident because we do not want to tip our hand to any potential saboteur of course you're right of course you're right commander i forgive me it's been a long couple of days i think perhaps the best thing that i can do is retire to my quarters get a good night's sleep before tomorrow's conference i want to make sure that i am fully of my of my senses tomorrow when it's important i i hope that you can forgive this uh, this nothing to forgive event. doctor it is all taken care of. if you i could have my medical chief medical officer take a quick look and prescribe you something to help you sleep or anything while we're here I appreciate the offer. I don't think I'll have any trouble sleeping tonight. That has not been my problem. All right. Then we shall see you tomorrow at the conference. I look forward to your talk. Very fascinated by the subject. Gilbert. And I give the look at the at my apparently two Andorians that are now flanking the door. And I kind of <laughs> give them the let them go gesture. And... All right. And do either of you hold any, um, have pause in front of the door and look at both of you and again, just curl his mouth up over his tusks just a little bit. And then Najar, you again feel like his motion go up a little bit and then he just kind of like, I need to calm down and get the hell out of here. And so, and then walks to the door back into the room. Here I will glare because he's been insulted twice, both as an Endorian and as an engineer. (laughs) You're fair. It's, Yeah. As he walks through the the crowd at the reception, the crowd like hushes a little bit as he walks by, but he no further incidents and leaves the reception area. Any further discussions while you're in the room? I turn to Commander O'Shen. Commander, what do you make of this? And of course, Doctor, any of your insight on Tellarite physiology would be helpful. 
I am not up on my Tellarite physiology, but I plan to rectify that situation. I will look at Najar and indicate you've obviously read that he's here, so it rules out the likelihood of a holographic projection. So he is here. He is in ornery, but in decent health. I don't know why we have any reason to believe that we should doubt his health at this point. But that being said, I would recommend that we put additional security on both the quarters for him and his team, as well as that of Dr. Pyrex. I would definitely agree, he, Commander, that he is not a threat. And I do remember enough of my bio, my xenobiology lessons from the Starfleet Academy that what he was speaking about for Tellarite and that physiology does make sense. And everything about his emotional state is on seemed and demeanor seemed on the level, just grouchy like most Tellarites are. Now I don't want to dismiss your concerns, Tenari. I respect your expertise as an engineer and what you saw so I'm gonna talk with the commandant and we're gonna accelerate the investigation and we're gonna escalate it to a possible intelligence uh, security breach okay thank you sir so I'm gonna ask commander Chisariel to work with station security to mitigate the intelligence aspect of this. I wish my Vulcan was here. <laughs> Man, that would be useful to have an intelligence officer take a look at this data. I wish my ship was here. Well, that's a whole other story. So do you go to, after breaking this conference, do you go to Commandant Pritchard? I think that's the next move. Okay. You message him. He has private conference quarters that he he lets you know that he can be at and attend you walk in and present uh, the information as you as you have seen it so far anything hidden or anything beyond what you said to the group in the room there not really just mostly that i trust tanari's engineering experience and if he said something doesn't seem right i trust that he will say that so again the investigation's been going on for a couple of days at this point and the security team has ruled out that it was any sort of intentional sabotage on the station but that there was some strange anomaly which is being looked into at this point but that it was not the power converter explosion wasn't actually caused by like initially it was suspected that it was like a bad eps connection right that the eps connection basically blew out the power converter right? um, and that's definitely the way that it looked but it, it now that they have pieced together some of the scientific evidence they suspect ironically some sort of subspace distortion created a power fluctuation within the converter itself and blew it so maybe it had something to do with his equipment that he was hooking up there could have been a fault in that and that it could have backfed into the system they're looking at some possibilities in that but that he'll tell you at this point that they have determined that it was not the station was not at fault is the way that he will say it that's fair so i do my my main thing is if you're not looking for if you're or if you're looking for something, you'll f tend to find it. 
If you're not looking for something, you'll tend to not find it. Yep. So I'll, again, I'll relay the doctor's agitation about and the sensitivity of the research and all sure. that. So it may be, in fact, an intelligence covert action against yeah. that. And then actually, and then, yeah, so that's where I'll leave that. Yeah. Pritchard will acknowledge that is definitely a possibility in the realm of, uh, that's definitely within the realm of possibilities of what could have happened here, but that as of right now, the team's suspicion is that it was the doctor's own equipment. They're certainly not seeing any evidence of sabotage in his equipment, but that they suspect that his equipment may have just been unstable and he, that frankly, it's probably best that it exploded when it did, as opposed to during his demonstration, during his talk. No, I agree that I don't think it's, un I don't think it's likely or even remotely likely, but definitely want to make sure that we are following up on the intelligence angle. Oh, certainly. Well. Yeah, a absolutely. We are, we're certainly, that was definitely on the list of things that we went through to go ahead and check through. When you see something like that, when a power converter all of a sudden explodes like that, sabotage is a very easy way to go ahead and it's a very logical path to go down to investigate whether it was messed with. And we just don't see any Look, it's hard to go ahead and tell if a power converter was messed with after it blows up on you. However, looking at like blast patterns and the way that the equipment was functioning before the explosion happened and reading those sensor logs, again, the surge seemed to come from within the equipment, not from the station towards the equipment, which would suggest, the, yeah. The engineers have done their thing. Yeah. Perfect. I appreciate your diligence on this, though. Still I, probably worth keeping you all looking at these. It's still best to go ahead and keep the five of you, I think, with this group of folks, though, because if ev any evidence by the reception seems to suggest that there's some sort of animosity around here, it's probably worth uh, keeping an eye on what's happening. Uh, we've got a Vulcan and a Romulan in the same room. What could possibly go wrong? Exactly, especially with the Klingon, right? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Thank you, know? you, Commandant. I didn't mean to... I didn't oh. want to disturb you, but I... I've been called to check in. So <laughs> I will Excellent. Uh, yep. take my leave and yep. head back. Okay. I'll grab Tanari at some point as I come back in, and I'll just really like Tanari. Quick question. Sorry. Apologies. Was that conversation with the Commandant private, just the two of you, or did you bring your team? No, that would have just been private. Cool. Just wanted to know if I had that information. Yeah. But essentially, when I get back to the team, I, I briefed the Commandant, and he said it was unlikely they looked at it. It's likely the equipment, in fact. And in fact, I'd like Tenari, I don't, my subspace theory is a little rusty, but is there any way that some of the power from the power converter explosion could have been shunted into subspace, which is why the explosion seemed bigger, but did less actual damage to the doctor? So what you saw in the results that could explain for the discrepancy? Does that sound at all reasonable? Do you have any particular expertise in subspace theory? Subspace theory is not one of my focuses. Damn engineers. All right. <laughs> then I would say I'm going to need... You could roll for it, but if it is... I mean, uh, three or four? Yeah, I'm thinking at least three, so you'd have to go ahead and figure out... See if you can get more dice in on that. All right. First of all, what would the roll be... It would be, so I would say insight and engineering or science. Insight. Probably science. Probably insight and science. If you're, like, if you're not a subspace engineer, then you need to know the scientific theories behind what he's asking. Insight or reason? Reason. I'm sorry. You're right. Reason. Thank you. 
Yep. Alright, so that's a 13. Yep. And Josh, can I assist Tanari with my advisor talent? Because I'm like, what about... I've got actually, I've got a four in science, so I'm like yeah. pretty science-y. But not any, not nothing, no focus on subspace phenomenon. Yeah, so I would say that your advisor talent is probably what's letting him make the role, like opening up the role at all, unless you have an expert in subspace technology. If he didn't have, if you weren't like pointing him in this direction, probably wouldn't have come across it anyway. But I say, unless you, unless you're versed on subspace theory, assisting on this one's going to be tough. Now I realize this is a long shot, but I would. Warp focus and warp field dynamics that probably would not add. No, it wouldn't. However, do do you have any talent in sensor arrays? What about you, Tilbor? Do you have sensor arrays? Okay, because that's what Bragoff's research is in subspace interactions and sensors. No, my my scientist supporting character does, but that's an option too. There are several other subspace engineers out in the out milling about the station. If you want to play the momentum the momentum game, you can go ahead and pick up an extra dice uh, by adding some threat. Yeah. We have two we momentum. We have two momentum. Oh, that's fair too. We have yep. a scene change, so we have, we're down to one. Yep. So I would recommend spending it. Spending one or both momentum? We just have the one because we have the scene change, right? Yep. You got the, you got the momentum after after we came back. But then we did the... Oh, that's right. You went off to Pritchard and came back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Then we had the scene with the doctor, and then that ended, and so it clicked out. Yeah, fair enough. The consideration yep. I'm having is it's still early, so I'm wondering if we want to... S- s- no, well, we'll generate plenty of momentum. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll spend a momentum and get three dice. All right. I like it. If we use the ship's... If we use the station's computers, can we get a station to roll? The station's dice to roll? Yeah, I think so. You've got... You're in, like, a... You're in a conference room. There's a science panel in here. You can get an additional die for the station. All right. So. Someone else want to roll for the station? Sure. What are, what's my target number for the station's, I assume, reason science? Yep. Computer yeah. science? Let's see. 18. So I would suggest you're probably going to succeed. So. Well, my target number is 13. An 8, a 4, and a 3. There you go. There are your three successes. Okay. And the station gets a 17, so it succeeds. It succeeds also. Excellent. Okay, so we get one extra success, which means we gain a momentum back. Excellent. Well done, well done. So the question was whether or not the explosion itself could have sent energy through subspace and basically made the explosion seem more significant than it appeared in regular space? Am I yeah, getting that right? And, and thus less damaging to the doctor. Right? Yep. Sure. The computer will will consider that it is definitely possible and it will it will link to a bunch of theoretical research on by the doctor? Not by Dr. Bragoff, no, but by Dr. Tapreya, actually, the Vulcan. It's on a on a, a theoretical construct called geometric resonance isotopes, which again are theorized as enhancing subspace, but also 
making the, as she has described it in some of the layman abstracts to these thousand page papers on these constructs, they lower the bridge between subspace and normal space, which allows subspace to be a little bit more accessible and can, and can influence normal space more. It, it makes their spheres overlap, for lack of a better term. So there is some theoretical research to suggest that highly powered subspace fields, like the ones that Dr. Bragov has been studying, in particular in the material that he's been using, that, that they can impact normal space in weird and unique ways. And so it is entirely possible that a explosion like the one that was reported could have triggered one of these events that kind of make the spheres overlap a little bit and produce an explosion that looked like one thing but was actually another. And But the effects of that are really unknown. It is theoretically possible, though. Listening to this and, and observing and whatnot, Najar looks hesitant but says if we're investigating the possibility of this being related to a subspace anomaly captain I may not know more than the basics of the science behind it but what I do and do well is profile people and pay attention to details and I would like to point out that Dr. Bragoff's equipment may have caused, based on your discussion, may have caused the explosion to be larger. But Dr. Tapreya is here to speak on subspace folding and warp propulsion theories and advancements. And Dr. Purix, who Dr. Bragoff was arguing with, is here to speak on subspace theories and, and and a new subspace particle. And I believe that there may have been that there was something in there about the potential for weaponizing it. I don't like to throw out conspiracy theories, but given the number of specialists in this area, could it be possible to create a subspace weapon? A weapon that targets a specific area with a subspace anomaly? because it seems awfully coincidental for a subspace anomaly to happen to occur when you on Dr. Bragoff's equipment in the first place. When a, su a subspace anomaly occurring when you plugged in a highly experimental piece of subspace research sensor equipment? This is Starfleet, after all. It is possible. Just connecting dots, sir. No, keep connecting them. If joining the Tabletop Journeys actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for, be sure to check out patreon.com slash ttjourneys, where patrons of the Tabletop Journeys podcast not only get early access to all of our episodes, but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games, where the dice are wild and we make every roll legendary. So while this has been going on, after a couple of comments have been made, Ocean would have sat down at one of the consoles and pulled up the the access logs to the various areas that the, the, the researchers have had access to. 
looking to basically backtrack who's had access to these items, where things have gone, make sure there's no been no cross-pollination between the various groups or their equipment. I am erring on the side of, because of what the rest of the group is talking about, I am pursuing the, the possibility that this is just accidental manipulation of a box A went to room C. Has this stuff been stacked together? Yeah. Has there been adequate segregation of these experimental technologies. Sure. This is a fairly routine. You're on security staff, so you have accessing security logs is a routine task for you. Mm -hmm. Based on a review of the security logs, the areas that the researchers have had access to have only been accessed by the researchers, their entourages, and Starfleet officers and NCOs that are trained to go, that have been assigned basically to help them in their setup. So you don't see anything untoward in there. Okay. But also from what I'm seeing, we can't rule out the opening of a subspace rift and the fact that, and the possibility that Dr. Bragoff was replaced by a duplicate from a mirror universe. No, we cannot rule that out. Vizjar looks at Tanari, cocks his head to one side with an expression of, man, maybe I shouldn't have jumped on this guy's bandwagon earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but then turns right back to the captain and says, just for a couple of other things that have occurred to me, particularly since I mentioned weaponizing, the Ambassador Takov is here to discuss tactical applications of subspace anomalies, just to bring that a little bit closer. And for full disclosure, Captain, in my read of the room when I, we first arrived, Tapreya was the only other person in the room who seemed off, uncomfortable, and uneasy. That may Wait. have been my fault. Wait, you're saying you could sense the Vulcan's emotions and that they were sufficiently uncontrolled that you got to read you know it did not occur to me at the time captain but that's fairly that's true yes yes i did so something must have either had her rattled enough or perhaps your theory on a changeling is in the wrong place her agitation may have been in part with her due to her interaction with me she and i have had past experience where let's just say she did not portray the best best face and I reminded her of that inadvertently that is probably a more logical explanation than changeling infiltration and mere universe re replacement I'm going to hop on the sword on this one because that is you're absolutely right the amount of emotion that Tapreya explained displayed was appropriate and so it was maybe like a tinge of annoyance or of irritation or suspicion as opposed to a full-fledged but I just more just don't want you guys okay. to go ahead and go down a path of is Tapreya a changeling I will tell you so, categorically Tapreya is not a changeling and let's just leave something it. was let's making her uncomfortable <laughs> enough yeah, that right. I noticed ripple in the Vulcan Facade. Exactly, right. right. Yeah. Vulcans are very emotional. They just are also very, but they're very controlled. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I Vulcan. just don't want you guys to go down a rabbit hole that I'm not going to be able to get you out of. <laughs> you didn't mean to lay that breadcrumb? Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Vulcans yeah. don't like being reminded that they were wrong. That is true. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Any further discussion that we want to have here in the room on the evening before the conference? I've informed the commandant the investigation is still underway. Yep. It's looking like it's experimental equipment malfunctioned, as experimental equipment tends to do. 
And so for right now, I think we should just we'll put a pin in going further down any rabbit holes until we have additional evidence of bad faith from folks. So cool. Let's get back out there and mingle. All right. So you head back out, mingle. Eventually the reception winds down, your shifts end for the evening and you all retire to your quarter your quarters. Next day begins, the conference happens. The speeches are all engaging and wonderful and scientific and smart sounding. Bragoff in particular seems to be be much better than he was the day before. Again, you get the sense of his of his dry sense of humor as he's cracking jokes during the presentation, mostly about how some of his findings are are going to be too smart for some of you in the room, but it's okay, he'll talk slowly. That sort of thing, kind of like a biting sense of sarcastic humor, almost like Douglas Adams kind of thing. Like Douglas Adams tongue in cheek or like an arrogant scientific ass who thinks he's better than everybody else. That's a really yeah, that's a really good question because the whole thing with Bragoff is that some people view him as one and some people view him as the other. If you try to read him, probably get it like right down the middle and you're really not sure which way the needle goes because the needle probably goes that kind of thing. And there are some people that think that he is just an arrogant, pompous asshole. And there are some people that think that he is just like legitimately funny and that's just his sense of humor. Okay, cool. Yeah. But the conference itself goes off without a hitch. Again, the presentations are received very well. They're super informative. And there are several times, Tobar, you're sitting next to Commandant Pritchard in the auditorium, um, and he leans over and says, let's make sure that we get that loaded into the computer so we can access this later. Let's make sure we get this loaded into the computer so we can access Let's make sure we get the longer dissertation. <laughs> that kind of thing. That's So he's constantly saying, yeah, ooh, we're going to need that. Ooh, we're going to want that too. The data is extensive. The, the presentations go off. Bragoff, unfortunately, isn't able to use his equipment to demonstrate anything, uh, a fact that he like leans into and rolls with during his talk. In fact, at Tobor, he even makes mimics the comment that you did, that sometimes experimental equipment goes off, it explodes on you, sometimes it reveals the natures of the universe, and he just happened to have the one that exploded. That's, that's the nature of the beast. But otherwise, the conference itself goes off wonderfully. Pritchard's exceptionally happy with the reception. There are probably a, a good couple hundred people outside of the people that are stationed on on the station there in attendance. It's all received very well, and everyone seems happy with with the way that things go. And then there's another reception that evening. <laughs> None of the kind of uh, the fireworks of the night before. Everything goes very well. Everyone's very happy. Everyone's celebrating everything. And then, but all of the speakers plan on making arrangements to depart the station the next day. Many of them have vessels that are going to be arriving or either stayed in space dock or will be arriving shortly to go ahead and take them home. And they're beginning to go ahead and set the schedule for the next day as far as who is going to, who's going to have their equipment and everything sent to the transporter rooms, sent to the transporter rooms and beamed onto their ships once their ships arrive. Because one of my values is good maintenance saves lives, I may be skipping out on some of the events because of the explosion doing maintenance on the EPS and power systems. Yep, absolutely. Is it something that you do just want to do like routine cleaning of connection type maintenance or is it something that you want to actually expend some energy and and do like high level diagnostics or anything like that on to go ahead spend and spend some energy on it. Okay. Um the, so the then the explosion has them shaken. Yep. Fair. I will let you make a, let's see, probably like 
reason plus security. Let's see, that would be engineering. So try like reason plus engineering. And how many points of difficulty would you like to spend on this? So if you want to say, I want to think about it, I'm, again, I'm trying to go ahead and co-opt a mechanic here. So let's say that like you wanted to run like a, like you wanted to spend one difficulty. There's the potential of, of gaining momentum if you roll well, if you roll well, but it may be, you may not find, if there is something wrong in the EPS system, you may not find it. So I'm trying to play with the mechanic a little bit. So mechanically as well, it also sounds like he's trying to maybe create an advantage yep. to be used later, which is normally a difficulty to task, yep. then decreases the later difficulty for that, the yeah, that sounds good. Yep. 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 Or exactly. If there was a five, a reason plus engineering of 14. Yep. A 10 and a 16, so I only got one success. One success, okay. So you failed the task, but you didn't. And again, it's more just like you're going through your routine maintenance, and it's more just like you're not seeing anything unusual. Maybe you're seeing some things that actually probably what needs to happen is that um, you may need to reroute some power because you're now you're now that you've you've cracked it open you're realizing like oh man these EPS relays are down too that's weird I didn't think that they were down so now you're having to go ahead and reroute some power not so much to go ahead and create a complication but it's more just oh this is actually a maybe this is a little bit bigger job than you hoped it would be at face value and so now it's, it's great now this is going to be something else that we're going to have to contend with whether or not that feeds into or, or plays against your conspiracy theory it's up to you okay all right would anybody else like to do anything similar during the conference and or into the reception of the night of the night later yeah so i'm gonna try and arrange to have dinner with captain rochefort okay yeah absolutely yeah she would be thrilled to go ahead and have dinner with you and hear hear the exploits over the last several years she'd love to ocean i'll remain at the reception for the balance keeping an eye out on the various retinues just to see a did did the rest of the tellerites actually leave or did any of them stick around is there any cross-pollinization going on between the researchers that seems less than on the up and up ocean grew up on a, a frontier town where there was a lot of back dealing and whatnot so i'm looking at i'm looking for people who might be being conspiratorial in any way sure not in the way that tanari was talking about but more hey we're up to something or or what have you sure yep you're not seeing anything on face value so before at the kind of initial reception where like the tellerites were all together there seems to be much more intermingling in fact like you've got Tellarites talking to Andorians and that kind of thing, as if such a thing would happen, right? There seems to be some sort of spirit of companionship in the room, sort of a spirit of common purpose, shared goals. So the speech given by Captain Rochefort about interspecies or m multicultural crews was actually the last speech of the day. After all the science speeches and everything like that, she came on and gave a really riveting talk about how much we can all learn from each other and how much, how the strength of any particular organization is in the width of the pyramid, not the height of the pyramid, is the kind of the phraseology that she used on that. And it really seemed to very much inspire the room. So. There seems to be a lot of kind of shared fraternity and sorority in the room right now. Excellent. Okay, so before we went into the conference today, possibly overnight, early in the morning, I did a little bit of telia research. Sure. Because xenobiology, I want to make sure I brush up on what's going on with them. I love it. And during one of the talks that I'm not as much interested in because subspace stuff is 
great if you're into sci- that kind of end of the scientific <laughs> spectrum, right. but not me. Kind of um, a narrow focus in the conference. Yeah. So she's gone down to sick bay and with the blessing of whomever's on duty, gone over the records of the incident just to see what's what, just to freshen up her mind about what the incident was all about and what happened and what the treatments were, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. So why don't you give me, please, just difficulty one insight and medical role. Okay. Let's see. Insight and medical. That's sick. 13. Uh, would that be insight or reason, we think? Reason, probably. So, yeah, so are you going more for, you, you said xenobiology, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're approaching it more from a science angle as opposed to like yeah. an interpretation of the medical records point of view? Yeah. Yep, reason then. Reason in medicine. Okay. 14. One and two. Oh, excellent. Okay, then we gain a momentum because that's three. Oh, no, you gain two momentum. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Sorry, was that oh, oh, for the critical, right? You get an extra one for the critical. And the result of your role is that sort of in line with kind of the prevailing theory where it is that there may have been a misunderstanding of Tellerite physiology at the point of the incident. He was teleported away to sickbay because the perception of the non-medical crew on site was that he was very, very injured. Once he got to sickbay, he definitely, he had some, some surface bruises and a, like there was a bone break and everything like that. And... He definitely complained about being in pain. And as you're reading through the medical transcripts, you think that his claims of pain may have been out of proportion with his actual injuries. That maybe he was angling to go ahead and get a little sum-sum on the side. But by the time he got there and they were able to go ahead and and basically get him patched up, that the uh, the reports of his injuries at the site were probably overstated to what his injuries actually were once they could run diagnostics. Okay. And I inflate Tanari's conflict just a little bit. <laughs> That's just what they would expect you to say. <laughs> All right. Anything further on the day of the conference or the night of the reception? Tanari, what are you... Actually, I've heard from everybody else. And you were fixing EPS relays and everything like that. Was there? Are you doing anything at the reception itself or... Not particularly, because honestly, he's probably... Between his own paranoia and his concern with the fact that some systems he was working on exploded. Yeah. He's probably quite preoccupied. Yeah. I would say it would probably be appropriate, given the role on your diagnostics earlier, to go ahead and try to get the advantage on the EPS relays and finding problems in there. It's probably one of those situations where he may be working overtime tonight to go ahead and get that stuff fixed. So I can see him not being at the reception. Yep. That makes sense to me. Najar? I just have a question about speeches in general of the different talks that they had, if and you wouldn't mind. And Ambassador Takov's discussion of tactical applications of subspace anomalies did any of the theories or concepts presented seem as though they may match a possible targeted 
device that could have been used in the thing that we're investigating. Interesting. So most of his talk centered around countermeasure type stuff, ways to disrupt subspace or to intercept subspace, specifically subspace communications. He drew a parallel to the Enigma machine in World War II on Earth, where we know that communications are traveling via subspace, but intercepting them and understanding them once you do is the tough part. And so he talked about trying to focus on how to crack the code, be, again, between the spheres of normal space and subspace to understand more of what's happening in the subspace realm around you, that sort of thing. But nothing specifically about any kind of targeted weapons or anything like that. Okay. And Ambassador Tapreas or Dr. Tapreas, depending on the Vulcan's status, because I don't recall. Subspace wo- folding warp propulsion systems or on Dr. Pyrex's subspace theories and... I put dark matter in parentheses because you can give them a name. Particles, so subspace particles, if either of those sound as though they could be related to the incident. Sure. So in your notes, in dark matter, you can replace that with subspatiometric resonance isotopes. And I'll drop that in chat. Subspatial. Dude, I even spelled it right. Yeah, it's just how it sounds. And her talk largely talked about... Again, this kind of material that can be used to go ahead and lessen the space and create overlap between subspace and regular space. And she is very much like at the forefront of the theory kind of like she came up like Dr. Purix and Tapreya have both kind of studied these phenomenon. Uh, Dr. Tapreya is actually the one that came up with the name of them and it takes a lot to convince Purix that something is worth studying. And Dr. Purix, when she has heard several talks on this by Tapreya, is there's something here. We should really investigate what this is. And so really what her talk was about was expounding on the theories and an overview of what people think these isotopes are, what they're doing, and how they're created or where they're found. Some ways that they can try to sniff around. Tapreya was talking specifically about how to use various subspace technologies to improve the efficiency and the speed of warp propulsion systems. If there would be a way to go ahead and leverage subspace in a better way to increase speed basically in warp propulsion systems and that so again they, their talks were very similar because they used a lot of the same phraseology when they're talking about how if you think about while subspace and normal space live within each other you still have to consider the gap in between and lowering that gap makes more efficient warp systems and therefore means more more efficient warp systems need more speed so it's that's the angle that Tapreya was taking Purex was very much like an overview of what they think these isotopes are and that sort of thing real barn burning stuff is there another question in there one more yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you seem to be mulling over it. I was like, <laughs> Dr. Bragoff, when he was speaking about yes. sensors and subspace anomalies yes. without his equipment, did it sound as though if anybody were using the theories of subspatiometric resonance isotopes and any of its possible tactical applications, that his machines may have detected its application, its use? If one of them was experimenting with things they shouldn't be, if it had been successful. I can let you roll for that. 
but I can't give you that one for free. Um, And again, similarly, I know Tanari had asked the same similar, I've got three piles of evidence. Is there any kind of connection between them from a subspace point of view? So do you have any sort of a subspace focus or a sensor array focus? No, I have a focus on reverse engineering, which in theory could apply since I'm trying to compare all of these different pieces to try to imagine or reverse engineer something, if you allow it, but that's the closest I've got. Yeah, that's a really, this is a really specific area of knowledge. And so just knowing how to reverse engineer in general is probably not going to be enough. So then this would, so we said, I think we said before insight and science, and this is a three difficulty task. Okay, and this is insight and science, not reason and science. Uh, sorry, reason and science. I keep saying insight. Insight's like it the matter. It's the same number either yeah. way. Yeah, reason uh, and science. I have the same score in insight and reason. So yeah. up against a 13, and what's the difficulty on the roll? Three. A three. Heck, we've got it. I'm going to spend two momentum for two more dice. All right. One momentum gets you one die. Okay. Another two momentum gets you a second die. So it's three for two. Mm. Three momentum. Everybody's about to leave, and Lieutenant Najjar, while he cannot figure it out, and he thinks that uh, Tanari might be cracked in terms of their general (laughs) conspiracy theories, something's going on here, and everybody's about to leave. So he is concerned and working hard to try to figure it out before all of the suspects are no longer in the building. So two momentum, one threat. Two momentum, one threat. I like it. All right. You got four dice, my friend. Up against a 13. Two, five, ten, and two. Rock on. So you get one of those momentum back. And do you have a focus that applies? Cha-ching. We ruled out my focus, unfortunately. Yeah, reverse engineering wasn't going to be enough, I don't think. Yeah. Aside from that, I've got behavior analysis, criminal psychology, forensics and investigations, field medic EMT, yeah. deflector shields, force fields. No, you really are my cop. Okay. Not the same. I 100% designed an investigative security officer, not a beefcake fighter. (laughs) All right. I I will give you... So you got your successes. I've granted you your bonus momentum. Well done. I will give you your answer in just a moment, but I see Ocean with his hand up. So Ocean, do you have something to add right now before... Yeah, no, I just wanted to confirm, listening to what what Najar is looking into, what I had looked into before... Would that have included the idea that someone on the Tellarite team had swiped some information or resources in the sense that they plugged something in to the the Tellarite apparatus? Ah, I see what you're saying. Yes. So they basically – they looked to to shortcut a little bit of the research by – appropriating someone else's. Tried to put a little bit of tab B in slot A kind of thing? Right. You're you're – security law so the bragoff was the only one who brought stuff for his presentation the others were very much just giving talks with celestial powerpoints behind them bragoff was the only one that brought equipment to demonstrate so there wouldn't have been other equipment from other presenters to put into bragoff's machinery but what about Can I check the systems to make sure that one of the Tellarites did not hack the the other other groups to determine what? I'm just trying to figure out is it may not have needed to be something physical. It may have been something that they swiped a double bubble thing from the other and tried sure. to apply it. 
all so. of the top, all of the research papers are now part of the common, the common data in the computer system. Okay. F- hundreds of people have read everybody's presentation and their notes and their footnotes and their extended papers at this point. And so, so the answer to the question is yes. Did the Tellerites read the other papers? Yes, of course they did because everybody read everybody's papers. Gotcha. Okay. None of the stuff that they brought is under the hood. Nope. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Thank you. All right. So to your question, Glenn. So basically, uh, I just want to, again, make sure that I understand the question that you're asking. And that's that you are looking at these theoretical isotopes that have been predicted and, and trying to go ahead and figure out if a sensor array highly tuned to subspace theories could have had a catastrophic malfunction if it ran into one of these nope okay thank you that's yeah so that has his brain Najar's brain hasn't gone in that direction yet he's still working on the sabotage theory and it's more along the lines of does it seem as though his machine his sensor array once he brought it online would have detected even if it's a small device or the device on one of their ships that's nearby ah, that one of okay. the other scientists has created that they're not being forward you know would it have detected something that they're doing in this new secretive field that could have caused them to want to blow up his machines so that he couldn't detect ah them, i see to stop him from basically finding out whatever it is that they're up to by sure. activating yeah. the only sensors in the galaxy that would detect it yep so it was a difficult role, and you succeeded on it. So I don't want to give you the coy answer and say, of course, a sensor array could have picked up something like that. And so it is absolutely theoretically possible that is what happened. But given kind of all the security evidence around everything, too, the smoking gun about proving or disproving the sabotage is still that there has been no evidence of sabotage and that everywhere else that they have looked, it has been there hasn't been any indication that anybody messed with Bragoff's material. So if you think about the questions that Ocean was asking, right? Did one of his own people take something and plug it in that caused his machine to go boom? Or try to go ahead and take a new algorithm that somebody developed and run it through the computers and that made it go boom. No evidence of that so far because Bragoff was not like changing the programming on it ahead of time or anything. Machines seem to be functioning the way that Bragoff built it to execute and when it exploded. We've looked at at the EPS systems and the power converters and everything like that, and we don't suspect that the power, if the power converters exploded and that's that's what the initial kind of theory was, that's what caused the machine to explode. Once they dug through the diagnostics on that, they found that the explosion didn't go left to right. It went right to left. It came from the machine into the EPS systems, which is why Tanari is continuing to go ahead and see problems with the EPS systems now. While it is entirely possible that a highly tuned space sensor array, which is specifically designed to go ahead and pick up subspace fields, picked up something that wasn't intended to be picked up, that would have been really dumb for a researcher to put something like that on one of his ships nearby, specifically knowing that there are sensors in-house that are specifically tuned to that. It's almost like being asked to be found out. So, yes, it is possible. And as you're piecing this together and you're digging into what Bragoff's research actually was, that is a really valid theory that, oh, if there was something to find out, his sensor array would have found it. I think guess, I guess maybe that's where I'm getting to. Is that okay. if there were something to find out, his sensor array certainly would have done it. And when I finally make that connection, has there been any review of data recovered from his exploded machine? The 
or whatever it read for the few seconds it was online. Yes, there has been data recovered when the sensor array was being turned on and everything. Like, and it's not like a it didn't run for three seconds and then blow up. It like it had been like various pieces of it had been coming online for a while, and literally, for lack of a better term, what it found literally half a microsecond before it blew up was a spike in a subspace distortion. And then literally it caused it to blow. And it was like, and this was like a dramatic spike. It wasn't like it went from 10 to 12. It went from like one to a hundred all of a sudden in this, in, in a weird inexplained way. And it basically blew out the sensor array and caused it to explode. Okay. Thank you. Is that, do you feel like that's satisfactory for the answer, for the question that you asked? Because yes. I want to make sure that I'm giving you enough on that. Because again, like that was a tough role. You did really well. It wasn't well exactly it. the way I envisioned the dissecting of the data and stuff, but you gave me enough information to know that, yeah, that's chasing, that's barking up the wrong tree. Yep. Good and enough. again, it, yeah, and it's more, and that's kind of the thing that keeps coming back to is that if you found evidence of sabotage, there would be plenty of things to go ahead and investigate to pin sabotage on, to pin the opportunity on somebody. But you haven't actually found any evidence of sabotage yet, and that's the thing that kind of keeps sticking in like security's craw. Next time on Star Trek Preservations. I'm going to ask a favor, and that's that the five of you are my crew. I wanted you here, and again, because I trust you. Would you just do me the favor of just keeping an eye as all of our distinguished guests and their entourages are leaving just to make sure that everything goes smoothly from here out. I'm going to approach him and say, ask how he's feeling this morning and if he would like for a medical scan one more time before he leaves. So first of all, he says that that he's feeling fine. He doesn't seem to feel any, any worse for the wear, but it's not a bad idea, I think. Let's, why don't we do that? The next one that would be leaving on Manifest would be Dr. Bragoff. So you are surprised to see Dr. Purix and her entourage moving their stuff down the hallway and moving towards the transporter room. Do you stop them? So that would that would raise a, not a red flag, but a yellow flag, because I'd be, lo- I'd be looking at my list, looking at who's showing up and be like, yep. huh. Yep. So. Totally. It definitely seems it definitely seems like she has skipped order. So she was actually so we're at number two on the list. She she was number three. And the transporter starts, and as it engages, you hear the ensign basically say, What's going on? And she calls out to Tanari in the hallway, said, Sir, we're losing confinement on the angular beam, sir. <laughs>